Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Let the Jacksonville Jaguars play Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. As I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. a longtime firm believer in Tyler Huntley. And with me, as always, is A.J. Nagy lives so Justin Fields can die. Marchese. Nagy, you got to give him credit for one thing. He fired up the troops. You got to give him a do for that, Rob. Yeah, agreed. He's going to be a heck of a special teams coordinator at Missouri next year. No, no, he's he's got a future as a motivational speaker. Today we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from week 15 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out. To Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Saban versus Harbaugh. Smart versus Bickle. Electric personalities that produce big-time football games and even bigger betting opportunities. Next week, Dave Clawson and fill-in-the-blank will be no different. So don't miss out on the action and bet the Gator Bowl with my bookie. My bookie is the best odds and props for Clawson and fill in the blank. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Clawson versus fill in the blank at my bookie. As much as we'd love to see Clawson eat turf, Wake Forest has looked strong in previous matchups. And with fill in the blank taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Wake's favor. Back the Demon Deacons to win this rematch, as they're sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out and double your first deposit up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to my bookie today, place your bets, Fill your pockets and watch this grudge match get settled with Wake Forest versus maybe Illinois, maybe Marshall. 
maybe a different school. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. My bookie should have a prop uh, for who's going to replace Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl. I'm, I'm willing to bet Brett Bielma will fight Charles Huff to get Illinois into a bowl game. Also, Charles Huff, like, that's not that's not cool to make your guys play another bowl game. Uh, they're hungry. They're hungry, Rob. It's, it's pretty cool in my opinion. Brett Bielma's the hungriest man in the world. <laughs> Brett Bielma is the problem, child. I love the idea that Illinois hasn't practiced for three or four weeks. All the kids are back home for holidays, and he's going to bring the team back and force them to play a game on, like, three practice notice. How much would that suck? For who? No, that's just football guy mentality. I think a team like playing in a later bowl game should play this one as a tune-up. Like a scrimmage. I, I like that. Kansas State, get out there. Bama. I would like Bama go in and just <laughs> crush him. Saban's, yeah, a, I mean, Saban's a coward if he doesn't take it, in my opinion. Saban took this fight on short notice. <laughs> All the odds are in, are in Clawson's favor. Okay, a couple of NFL decora- declarations before we get into NFL rookie talk. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fly through. West Virginia running back Letty Brown, Liberty running back Joshua Mack, Iowa State running back Brees Hall, Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross, Virginia Tech offensive tackle Luke Tentois, Northern Iowa offensive tackle Trevor Penning, Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith, Oregon State linebacker Avery Roberts, a whole slew of Pac-12 DBs, uh, USC's Greg Johnson, Oregon's Mikel Wright, USC's Chris Steele, and Utah's Nepi Sewell, uh, and then Virginia Tech kicker John Parker Romo. It feels like every Virginia Tech guy is trying to get away from Blacksburg. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> yeah, agreed. I uh, agreed. A lot of opt-outs. Not good. Not good in Blacksburg right now. Enough. I think, um, although Brees Hall's the biggest name there, I think the the two most interesting are Cross and Penning, mm-hmm. two potential first-round offensive tackles. Um, Penning we will see at the Senior Bowl. Penning, I wouldn't be shocked if he worked himself into that top 10 conversation, just the way things are going, and it's not a great class. Uh, Cross is kind of the opposite in Pen- of Penning in, in terms of he's a younger guy who I feel like it was he was more of a, a draft Twitter secret entering the year where mm-hmm. a lot of people on draft Twitter knew how talented he was. Um, but maybe less, less talk from the big mainstream media. Um, even the big college football media didn't talk about him all that much, despite him being with, uh, the beloved Mike Leach. And, uh, he had a phenomenal year for, uh, a solid Mississippi state program. And he's going to test off the walls. You think uh, right now? You think you think Penning goes over Cross? That's a really good question because I think Cross is the guy full of upside, and Penning, and just also looking at what Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa's offensive tackle from last year's class, has done as a rookie for the Bills, and I think he's playing even better than anyone expected as a third round pick. And I think Penning's a lot better than he was coming out, uh, both both in terms of pass and run blocking i think i think he's just a more technically sound player and a, uh, overall a meaner player whereas yeah um spencer brown was a better athlete and obviously freakishly tall but cross is a little more raw a prospect than penning but the upside just dripping with talent his pass protection like he is so smooth his feet are so clean um there aren't a guy a lot of guys who i think 
move as well laterally as yeah. he does, but again, not asked to run block all that much, whereas Penning's that kind of glass eater type. So I think it's a really interesting conversation between the two. Like Penning is a guy who I, I think will be a week one NFL starter, whereas I think I would take Charles Cross over him in a heartbeat for what Charles Cross is going to be. I, I think if you were to ask me to put money on it, I'd take Charles Cross over uh... – like, I think Cross will be selective before Penning. By yeah. the way, I didn't, did not mention it on this show, but Spencer Brown played, played a lot of left tackle this week and uh, not as good as right tackle. Struggled a bit, but, yeah, just throw that out there. Um, I also think Brandon Smith's an interesting one, a guy who had a lot of hype before the year, uh, had, had hype early in the year when Penn State yeah. was playing well. Um, not that his play declined, but more that Penn State just kind of fell off the radar a little bit. But he's a guy who's going to blow up the combine. He's a guy who I think ends up in the uh, like clearly a day two type guy. Um, but like maybe almost, and this works well because I think Baron Browning is coming off an insanely great game mm-hmm. uh, for the Broncos, where Br- Brandon Smith is that tall, long, freaky athlete, high recruit who didn't necessarily have that dominant collegiate season, but the tools are all there for him to be an NFL starter. Um, and I think Brandon Smith probably ends up in the second round. Okay. And maybe maybe it's second, third round. Um, day you two. don't think he's a day, day two guy? or? Uh, yeah, but more... I'm at, uh, like once, once you factor in how he's going to test at the combo. Yeah, I don't know about round two, but day two, yes, I agree. Um, and, and I think he, he's going to be a guy who's making a contribution as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Um, I'm excited to hear the Browning Browning uh, performance this week. Uh, also, Brees Hall, I didn't realize is going to be 21 for his entire rookie year. Oh and yeah, there, I, there's there's like eight or ten guys in this class who are going to be 21 their whole rookie year. It, him and Isaiah Spiller are two of them. Kenny Green also uh, really young. I think he turns 21 like March. I saw that one the yeah. other day. Um, that's interesting. That's that's good for running backs. You you want youth at running back. How, just just at, while we're on the topic, yeah. Um, how many running backs? And it's not a top heavy class. I think there's. I think you and I both kind of gravitate more towards some of the world player type backs in this class that are going to be available on day three. Yeah. But how many running backs do you suspect? end up on the in the first two or first three rounds of the the nfl draft so like top 100s um yeah top 100 ish i don't know uh give me give me a give me a okay i'll i'd set the total well, at, wait at wait wait let, let, let me let me name some guys kenneth walker if, if, do you have do you have time for this no kenneth walker Bruce kenneth Hall, walker isaiah spiller Hall, isaiah spiller okay i think those three are the locks yes right yeah kyron williams uh, he should, but I don't know if he will. But okay, I'll throw James it. James James Cook after a big Senior Bowl week, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. I see. Uh, really, after those three, and now I think we're both going to agree, Kyron Williams is deserving for what he can do in pass protection. Yeah, but, but like the the value, like, like yeah, I don't know how pl- yeah how will value him. Exactly. Um, Whereas, like, I think there's a lot of fourth, fifth round guys who could be contributors pretty early on in their careers. James Cook. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, um, Hassan Haskins, uh, uh, Abram Smith, Algier Rashad White. There's six right off off the top of my head. Yeah, now the question is how many of those guys end up getting pushed up top 100? Interesting. So that's why. If I I were to set it at five and a half, what do you take? 
I think I take the under. Okay, I, I think so too. But I, we, I think we will see a couple of those guys get pushed. No, no one. Kenneth Walker doesn't make the first round. You think, dude? No. Although we never think of running Max going in the first round. Yeah. No, I know, but no, I don't think he will. Okay. Okay. But definitely, um, like KW Spiller and Hall between pick forty and seventy. Mm-hmm. Um. And I that mentioned, works. I mentioned, yeah. I mentioned Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl's uh, just over a month away. We got one more acceptance this week uh, with uh, Florida State pass rusher Jermaine Johnson the second. It's a fun one. Big get for the Nags there. Congratulations! I feel like every time we get a show, we just congratulate Nagy. That's really what this show's about. It's all yeah. I mean, without Jim Nagy, there are no Robin AJ's out there. It's so good. He's a trailblazer. What can you say? Um, uh, Johnson, Johnson's six five two sixty Georgia transfer, who actually originally went the JUCO route and was on uh, Last Chance U. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year at Georgia was a really nice rotational pass rusher who they just had so much talent, couldn't find a mainstream role. Transferred to Florida State, and it felt like everyone knew he was going to break out and be one of the best defenders in the country. And he was all year. I think it, it's uh, if you were to make – three all-american teams he's making one of them for yeah, sure yeah. Uh, after this season um on a bad florida state team and, and he he set the tone early if you remember remember that notre dame game where it like florida state seemed like maybe they were going to be better but it just turned out notre dame was having an off game yeah if, um, if mckenzie milton uh got got in that game earlier they would have won but uh <laughs> jermaine johnson like dominated the trenches for the entirety of that game. And I think that that game stuck with a lot of people, but he continued that dominance throughout the year. Um, despite being on such a bad team. Like if you, you jump to, to their game later in the year against the U, he was the best player on the field without a doubt in that game. He's a guy who at the senior bowl could really push himself yeah. into potential first round, uh, territory, especially given this class is kind of weaker overall, especially I would say on the offensive end. Yeah, no, um, definitely. There, there are a lot of pass rushers, though. Yes, pa- pass rusher seems like uh, if you, if you were to pick one one strength. premier, yeah, yeah, strength. I guess it, I, I think you would go pass rusher. Uh, agreed. Like we're gonna have we're gonna have two guys go top five from that group. Uh, another in Curl Aftis who might go top ten. Yeah. And if Ojabo declares, I mean, he, him, and him, Travon Walker, two more guys who could go in the first round, um, and then yeah, like Jermaine Johnson. It's a, it's a, it's a fun pass rusher class. It is, it is. That's clearly the cream of the crop, like you just said. Last year's cream of the crop, crop in the twenty twenty one NFL draft was supposed to be this quarterback class, but uh, my goodness, AJ, I am getting fucking sick of watching them. Uh yeah, yeah, I am too. I don't. You know what? And like, like I got Zach Wilson this week. He didn't, he didn't throw a pick, which is also like not a lot of fun to break down. Like he just, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know. Um, well, okay. So, week fifteen rookie quarterback rundown. Uh, I had the Jaguars and Texans game, so I got Lawrence and Mills. Lucky me. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in his first game without Urban Meyer, uh, with Daryl Bevel as interim head coach, threw for two ten. Completed fifty-seven point eight percent of his passes, five point five per attempt. Sick. Ran for twenty yard, twenty-one yards against the the two and eleven Texans and lost. It was a kind of a wet, rainy game, but it was. I mean, the offense looked pretty much the same as it's looked all year. And I mean, I don't think any of us were expecting it to be completely different. Um, 
in the first game without Irvin. But, like, I'm talking a ton of O'Shaughnessy, baby. I love like, it. I love O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, a lot of O'Shaughnessy. Uh, too much Laquan Treadwell. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, Over overall, he there was, like, seven drops. And now it was kind of a wet game. But there was multiple first down balls that were dropped. So, that... that it was annoying. Um, Chenault dropped like two or three. Yeah, he's. But he 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 also when he did secure the ball, he was doing a lot of damage after the catch. Like he is damn physical. I wish they could unlock him because mm-hmm. there there was a couple times like he would catch the ball behind the sticks and and fight for that first down, and that kind of got you excited. But overall, like the the lack of playmakers is so sad. Um, like James Robinson had some drops too. Like their their first drive ends in a field goal. Like he hit O'Shaughnessy on this tight end wheel where it was like pretty wide open. Then he hit Manhurts, you know, the one two tight end punch, uh, on a rollout play. Then he missed Marvin Jones for like it was tight coverage, but it was a play action kind of crosser. Marvin Jones, uh, coming to the right pylon type part of the end zone and a good a good quarterback makes that throw and it's a touchdown he missed them field goal um their their next drive they go they go and they they get a touchdown he hits treble wide open off play action but he hits a like he puts it too high in treble like treble i think a good receiver comes down with it but a better ball and it should have been a better ball because he was so open uh it would have been like 15 yards but he misses them and then Scrambles around, hits O'Shaughnessy for a first down. Um, but then he comes back and he layers off a of play action, dig to Treadwell. He layers the ball really well to get inside the 15, then hits Jones for a quick slant, sneaks for a first down, and they run it in for a touchdown. But then after that, like, it was nothing for a while. He takes a lot of sacks where it kind of at times feels like he – he forgets this isn't the ACC anymore. He can't outrun the these pass rushers and extend the play and expect these types of receivers he has to separate yeah. uh, when they're out of structure. Um, they like it, and it feels like the play calling reflects the lack of talent at times. But also, you just get so sick of slant curl. Play action dump off to James Robinson. Yeah. Uh, bubble screen to Chanel. Dig route to Treadwell. Um, it, it, it's it's tough. And there was there was this field goal drive uh, in the second half where they had like a bit of a rhythm going where it was a lot of short stuff. Uh, there was a bubble screen to Chanel. Another throw to Chanel who, who did a bunch, like I said, a bunch of yak damage for first down. Um in a couple like play action short ones that picked up a meaningful yardage, then he rips a a, a deep one that's got to be over thirty yards, but he underthrows Marvin Jones and it's deflected. And I think a better quarterback makes that throw and it's a touchdown. Again, it's tight coverage, but like these openings are so slight in the NFL, you have to be able to make these throws. Yeah. Uh, they go back to Chanel a couple times. He picks up some yardage, and then they they. They uh the kind of the the final play of this drive it ends in a field goal, 
He extends the play, rolls left, and he's got Tavon Austin coming across the end zone, but he throws it. Again, it was really tough, and he th- but he threw it late, and it's, it should have been picked off. Ends in a field goal. It's like, there's just not a lot of good, and it, it, he's a boring quarterback. And I, I don't know how much of that is play calling, how much of that, that is uh, him not seeing the field that well. I don't know how much of that is him not willing to take risks. How much of it is, is their receivers just can't separate. Like, there's so much bad going on there. Um, I don't know. It's like he, somehow Trevor Lawrence is one of the most boring quarterbacks to watch in the NFL. Yeah. Where, like, did, did we think he was going to have the Justin Herbert rookie year? No. But given what we saw for three years at Clemson, I think it, it was reasonable to believe he would at least be an exciting quarterback good or bad, to watch um, an aggressive downfield passer the way Herbert was last year. But we don't have any of that. And now, again, he doesn't have this. Like, Herbert had a horrible offensive line last year, but he had Pro Bowl receiver in Keenan Allen, 1,000-year receiver in Mike Williams. Like, he had weapons around him to make plays where you take that away from Lawrence with Jacksonville, and I think the play calling kind of reflects them knowing they've got really nothing here. And, you know, this was an offense going into the season that we thought could, um, like you kind of said, we don't think it was going to be like a Herbert type of year, but we thought that uh, it could be um, pretty good. We thought it could come up pretty good, right? And we like it's not like we believed in Urban or, or anything, but we thought maybe, like, you know, the, the shoddies and the bevels and Urban together, maybe had some creativity and, like, you know, we expected a big breakup from Chanel. We, we, Marvin Jones was, you know, solid vet. DJ Chark and, and, and Lawrence maybe had, like, you know, great chemistry together. Uh, before Etienne's injury, we were excited to see what they, how to use him. James Robinson's a good running back. And it all just fell apart. And it's both on the field and, and with the coaches. And they've been worse than the players on the field somehow. And it's just been such, an, such a disaster. Such a disaster. Is it going better for the New York Jets and Zach Wilson? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to do that long on Zach Wilson. I'm sick of watching Zach Wilson. I'll just give you some highlights here. Um, he didn't throw a pick, which is good. Also didn't throw a touchdown. He was 13-23 on uh, 470 yards. Had a, had a QB sneak for a touchdown on 12 yards rushing. Um, I thought he looked overall – more composed, especially early. Um, I also thought the play calling looked better, which which is which is good. Just a lot more like easier throws for him, and he was taking what was there, which is good for him. Uh, um, especially like the first drive was probably the best drive of the game for them. There was a lot more like play action rolls this week, which was working, and I I, I liked it. it. It was smart. Um, gave Wilson some easy completions, but there's also like some plays where he had like immediate pressure, and he had to ex- ex- extend the play a little bit and find his guy, which he did, which was really promising. Um, that was cool. I saw that when they did that, it was kind of working. Aside from that, it was just a lot of you know him hitting sticks, which was better because he's he was overthrowing a lot of those, and that, that kind of came back later in the game when he really had to try to push it, and uh, just just because that that's been such a he's been so inaccurate, and the inaccuracy wasn't as bad this week. I didn't think, um, obviously no interceptions, but like those those just high sailors on open receivers came back late in the game, but early in the game he was hitting kind of dudes when they were there. Um, also, like, I think the receiver, like, no Elijah Moore once again, the receiving core isn't great either. I mean, Moore's had a great rookie year, but aside from him, um, but, like, I felt like the receivers were doing more after the catch than, than usually for him, um, which was good to see, but still some bad drops. Like, he made a solid throw off play action on, on, like, a third and nine, 
Um, I think it was Corey Davis. It hit him right in between the numbers, just past the sticks, and he just dropped it, um, which wasn't which wasn't cool. Um, <laughs> but what was, what was cool is like they tried to do more trick plays, which is fun. They had the one where they tried to throw a touchdown to, to Zach Wilson on a little like pitch to the run uh, to the wide receiver. I think it was Barrios stopped and and Wilson went on like a wheel, but it was a terrible throw. <laughs> he was kind of he was open, but yeah, the throw was so bad. Um, the best play, another trick play. Um, his best play, Wilson's was a double pass. They threw it back to Wilson. He had like three fins right there in his face immediately. He made all of them miss, extended the play, found his receiver. It was on like a seven yard, like down the field, seven yard throw, but it was across the field. Um, he ended up getting like 20 yards after the catch. Uh, not like a huge throw or anything, but Wilson, but just nice to see his creativity come back. And I think it did. I think he did a lot of good stuff after like, you know, getting pressured and blitzed immediately, which was nice to see. Um, then he had the quarterback sneak touchdown. <clears throat> and then just to, just to highlight more trade plays, it was a third and 15. They ran like a really cool hook and ladder where they threw to, to Crowder first, but it was kind of like, just like a, a dig. And then they threw back like, like across the field, almost to Braxton Berrios, who picked up the first down on the third and 15, which was really cool. It was fun just to see them get a little bit more creativity. And it almost felt like Wilson wasn't kind of absorbed some of that and like was really doing more with his legs than he he he's been because he had like a really nice third and four conversion with his legs the safety blitzed immediate right in his face he made a miss ducked a couple defensive linemen got to the sticks converted um and then like i think it kind of like fourth quarter he kind of like he kind of fell like not fell back down to earth because he wasn't riding that high but it kind of old boring zach will say that like like he had the place where he just didn't feel the pressure he had a sack fumble um, there was no deep completions from him. I think like he only threw deep twice and they weren't close. Uh, and then, like I said, like his classic, like high throws came late. Um, he felt has, like, I thought he felt more composed, but also still hesitant to let it rip at times, which I think is a, a fact because he turned the ball over a ridiculous amount early in the season. And then like last play of the game, fourth and 10, he threw it like low. It was inaccurate and short of the sticks. Um, it was kind of all just terrible. So some promising stuff because I like the way he was moving this game, but overall, uh, nothing to really get excited about. I, I, I think. <laughs> you know who I am excited about? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Also, Trey Lance didn't play, which right? is not exciting. Yeah. Um, but somehow still has more designed runs in his season than Justin Fields <laughs> has. Um, I think Justin Fields had once again one of the best rookie quarterback performances of the season uh excluding his the ravens game where he got hurt that gives him uh i think four four straight um obviously he was out for the lions and the cardinals games but if you go back to that 49ers game then the steelers game skip over the ravens game in his last two green bay and minnesota in prime time i think those are four of probably four of ten at least of the best rookie quarterback performances of the year. I know nine points is nothing to like get excited about. And the first half left a lot to be desired. And he did lose that fumble and that scramble. But the fourth quarter in particular, I thought he really seemed to... I don't know if he kind of went into fuck it mode or the play calling got more aggressive because they were losing. But it felt like for the first time they kind of, in that game, they, they let him kind of take over and just lean on his talent and his aggressive passing ability uh, to make some plays. And you really did. He ends up with 285 and a touchdown pass on the final play to Jesper to Jesper Horstead, his go-to go. guy. Yeah. Uh, and then he has 35 yards rushing. Um, 
I think there was like one design run of his seven runs. Like one was a design run. He does a really good job using his legs on passing plays when there's nothing there to convert, especially at the middle. I find he does a really good job when the pocket breaks down. He sees space up the middle. He takes it and he can he can pick up a first down. Um, overall, in the in the first half, uh, not a ton a ton to get excited about. He had that that nice uh, on play action roll out to the right. He found he hit Darnell Mooney on the deep crosser. Um, and then on the following play, they, the pass play, they, they rolled him out left and he ripped one and it went off Bird's hands, but the Vikings got called for defensive holding. Uh, and the, the, the drive ended up fizzling. Um, but later in the half, um, he had a nice, uh, scramble where he was scrambling, but kept his eyes downfield and ha- had Khalil Herbert in the flats and kind of ripped one outside arm. I thought that was pretty sweet. He had a third and three scramble for a first down. He hit Darnell Mooney. Uh, and, and on a fourth fourth and one, he hit uh, David Montgomery down the sideline for like 15. Um, and then he, uh, on a third and 24, he went deep to uh, Demir Bird. And I thought it was a good job of picking up what was given to set up a field goal. And that was kind of the first half. Not a ton, a ton to get excited about. He had the fumble. But whatever. It, it, it was solid. They were still in the game. The third quarter, not a lot happened he he took a bad sack at, at sometimes he he kind of it feels like and this was happening earlier in the year when we saw him fumble a lot um on, on when he was trying to make something happen when something wasn't there uh but he took a bad sack kind of th- ruined it like the they, they had a third and 25 or something so it, it kind of took them out took the air out of that drive um and then they had a couple more like they just sacks led them to third and longs that they couldn't get out of um and there there was one on the final drive i think of the third quarter there was a fourth and one play action and he rolled right and he hesitated like it felt like he didn't know if he should try and run to pick it up or if he should remain a passer he hesitated and took a sack and i thought that was pretty bad so they go into the fourth quarter down 17-3 and then he puts together th- three really great drives i thought um, he the the one drive that kind of ended in the end zone throw to Darnell Mooney where they reviewed it because his shin may have been down but he mm-hmm. couldn't get his feet down. I thought that was a great throw. Yeah, like it was a very good throw. And the the, the plays that led up to that was a lot of him finding Demir Bird. Um, he he hit him on a, uh, a curl, a dig, and I think the third pass of that drive was the, the seam route to Komet with Eric Kendricks all over him. And he kind of put it on his face mask right over Kendricks for about 25 yards. That was an awesome throw. Um, and a couple more short throws to Bird and Komet. Uh, and then he had the, the, the play action rollout where he ran for the first down and Eric Kendricks got ejected for the for the late hit. Um, and the third on third and goal, Jimmy Graham dropped a touchdown and then was the amazing throw to Mooney that he couldn't get his feet in. So there was, there was multiple opportunities there where I think Justin Fields did everything for that drive to end in a touchdown. The following drive, Jimmy Graham drops one. Then he runs for 20 on a second and 10. Then under pressure, he rolls right, nearly completes a sideline throw. Uh, then he finds Mooney wide open on a crosser. Uh, a couple short things. And he goes deep in the end zone. and ju- he, he put Mo- Mooney... Um, did, like Mooney didn't slow up. It was more Mooney used hesitation to create separation, and I think Justin Fields just didn't put 
very much touch on the ball, and he missed Darnell Mooney for what should have been a touchdown. But then on a fourth and four, Demir Bird drops a first down. So that's the, the second drive of the fourth quarter. And then the final drive, he hits Kula Herbert back-to-back on checkdowns for big gains. Uh, Komet for, like, five. Then Herbert drops an open, easy gain in the flats. And then on a fourth and five, he hits Graham over, over the seam for 15. Bird in the flats for 15. And then the last play of the game is this kind of the scramble to the left, and he finds Jesper Horstead for a touchdown. Like, that fourth quarter I thought was incredible. It should have been three touchdown drives, only ends up with one. If some of the guys around him make more plays, and if their offensive line plays better, I think the Bears win that game. Yeah. And, and I just wish that what we saw from them in fields in the fourth quarter, the aggressive passing attack, I wish we saw more of that throughout the game. It just feels like at times they're scared to hand the keys over to him for whatever reason. And they need to use his legs more. They do. But the fun thing is, I don't doubt Justin Fields. I just doubt the coaching staff, which is fine because they're going to play some anyways. You know, will they? Look, when when your your coaches' kids' soccer games are getting overrun with people yelling to fire you, you have to you have to do something. Um. Overall, I, I, what do you think of this Justin Fields game? I mean, at minimum, it's more exciting than most of these other rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. I think he was clearly the best of the week from the rookie quarterbacks. Um, I, I, I'm almost like, like I was gonna, like, I'll, I'll get to Mac in a second, but like, I feel like it makes these games feel so much better because everyone's been so bad. But no, I thought this was definitely promising. I, I agree with you that I think they probably should have won the game if the offensive line wasn't such a disaster. He was getting pressured. Uh, a ridiculous amount. And the big-time throws are there for Justin Fields, and we aren't seeing those from, like, anyone else. Um, so Justin Fields is the anti-Mac Jones. They're both getting the job done in different ways. One style is far more exciting than the other. One can play from behind, the other maybe can't. Yeah, uh, if, if I may, then I'll jump to, to McCorkle here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'll give you the stats first. Obviously, they lost... Uh, his stat line, 26 uh, for 45 out of 45, 299, so almost 300 yards for Mac. Two touchdowns, two picks, and uh, one rush for 12 yards. Um, he Obviously, th- they were down 20 to nothing going the fourth. Um, I thought if you just look at his his throws individually, like I don't think it was that bad. Like I, I think that no, – hold on, I'll get to the picks in a second. I'm, I'm talking about like, late in the game when they're trying to move – the ball like he didn't finish i mean obviously they almost came back but i'll get there in a sec but like he he was making like a, a lot more big time throws than than he does most weeks and then he does then the other quarterbacks do not fields removed and they're not you know deep deep throws he did have the, the late one the deep one to Nikhil harry where harry just kind of made that great grab um, but a lot of stuff, you know, just over the middle and finding guys and driving the ball. And I thought that was pretty promising for Mac Jones. And yes, they were down 20 to nothing. And it's not like he came back and won this game, but they, they did make it a game. Um, so, so starting, like, obviously the, the picks were, one was early. Um, but you just didn't see the, see Darius Leonard underneath, um, in the red zone. Basically threw it right to him. Leonard made a good play though, but, uh, that was bad for Mac. That's his first red zone interception on the year. You can't do that, obviously. The other interception, uh, O'Karake just made like a great play on it, diving, which was great. Just on a comeback route. Um, like so, like those were bad, obviously. But like I thought in general, like he, he moved pretty well this this game. 
Um, he, he was getting pressured. He had to move around a, quite a, a decent amount. Um, he was stepping up and making throws. Like the, the first touchdown where he climbed the pocket and put like a nice little touch to, to Hunter Henry, who Hunter Henry's a fucking his dude. But like, I thought that was pretty good. Like, uh, Mac Jones annoys me because you go on Twitter and there's, or like watch the broadcast anywhere, they'll act like this game was great. <laughs> which was it wasn't but like and like even his not great games they'll act like it was great and you know we've both been sour on him but i do think like i don't know i think like you saw a little bit more from mac even though it wasn't good well, it was like promising to see him actually make throws at minimum he he is so much better at doing what he does than trevor lawrence than zach wilson like you've seen next to nothing from those two all yeah. season I Whereas think that, Mac's yeah. been at, at minimum consistent doing what he does well and what the Patriots need him to do. He, I mean, sure, there's concerns about him needing to win a shootout against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Yeah. But for right now, it, it's hard to criticize him. But also, I think the problem is that the big media goes too far the other way and overhypes yeah, it, him. Like it's he's, weird. He, and it, it kind of wrecks it. And it's funny because... Like there's, I don't think there's enough hype for some of what we're seeing from Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, but also and, there was way too much hype for him in the in the in the summer. So it's like, you know. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> it's hard to find the happy medium with any of these rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. So like, I almost kind of wanted to come out and like give Jones his due, especially because like the, his best throw of the day was his second touchdown. That was a hell of a fucking ball. He got pressured immediately in the red zone. Uh, just placed it perfectly again to Henry. Um, Henry was down, like, on one knee, and, like, he put it, like, past the outstretch arm of, I think it was Leonard again. And that was just a, a great, great thrown football. And it's, you know, I think, in, yeah, like, you kind of will go back to, like, you know, him having to win a shootout in Arrowhead in, in January. It's, like, I don't know how good Mac Jones can be because, like, he he's, I think individually he is getting better, which is good. Um, they have a formula to win, like you just mentioned, and it, it's working, and he does what he has to do. Um, going forward though, like it's, I think him, it's him just like, you know, getting better at, at knowing the offense, which will come, uh, the timing, which I think he's already really good at. Um, like he still doesn't throw to wide receivers that much. Like it's still a lot of the tight end. So throwing outside, he'll have to figure out. And it's, I just wonder when he's going to hit that lip, the wall of limitations, or if it's just going to keep progressing to the point where he just knows his offense very well. And that like, he could be a quarterback like that, you know, Mac Jones can be really interesting to watch, um, removing all of the bullshit around him, which it, there shouldn't be any, but removing all of that, he's going to be really interesting to watch his progression and how, how high his ceiling can be. And I think that was, that was clearly the conversation going into the draft and coming out of it. And it, I think it still is, but irregardless, he's had a great rookie year. He's got a great rookie year. we got to give him his due. It's just, yeah. So- I will say this. The one rookie quarterback I think everyone's pretty much in agreement on is Davis Mills. He's the best. He's going to be a backup for a long time. He's not spectacular. He's also, I mean, outplayed the first and second overall pick all year. Mm -hmm. Uh, He beat the first overall pick in a rainy game in Jacksonville. Mills went to uh, for two hundred nine two scores and a pick in the in the thirty to sixteen win. He opened thirteen for fifteen. Um, it was it, it was like nothing exciting. Their first drive like the, it was a three and out, but they got a roughing the punter. 
Uh, and they didn't really ask him to do all that much. It's a lot of like quick shit to Brandon Cooks. Let Brandon Cooks cook. <laughs> yeah. He he just kept hitting Brandon Cooks. He hit Nico Collins for one. Uh, and and the the drive ends in this cool. It was a cool play call. It was a they rolled out Mills to the right, and you know like obviously the tight end leak play everyone loves. Yeah. They leaked Brandon Cooks, and like Brandon Cooks sold like um, like there was no route as uh, Mills was rolling to the right, and he leaked left and just found him open for an easy touchdown. It was pretty cool. Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton, I think, deserve credit for doing what they've done with Mills and Turrod Taylor this year, making them watchable, given the circumstances yeah. of this team. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, and then the, then the, the Jags got a field goal, but um, Tremont Smith returned a kick uh, for a 100-yard kick return touchdown. It was the Texans' first kick return touchdown since 2009. Uh, and that put the Texans up 14-3, and they never really looked back. Um, and, and it was just like, yeah, a lot of short stuff. He's confident and calm under pressure. He doesn't really put the ball in conflict. Um, and then, then they got the, the Jags went for a fourth and one uh, before the half. And so the te- Texans stopped them, got the ball back. 12 seconds, he hits Brandon Cooks on a slant for about 12. Then hits Chris Conley on a slant for 12. And it sets up a field goal before half. They go into half set up seven. 17-10. Um, and then in the third quarter, on a third and 70, off his back foot, he lofts a deep ball up to Philip Dorsett. And it puts it right in his bread basket, and that leads to a field goal. Uh, in the fourth quarter, he gets picked off by Tyson Campbell, who who reads and undercuts a route really, really well. Tyson Campbell's playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's being talked about enough. Um, and, and then... Uh, up 23-16 with two and a half to go. They, they call a screen to Cooks on a third and nine, and it was actually fantastic blocking, and Cooks kind of goes untouched 43 yards for a touchdown. So, like, there wasn't – maybe his best throw of the day was this play-action pass on the second-last drive of the game uh, where he just layers one over Rudy Ford perfectly to Jordan Atkins for about 16 yards. It was a really great throw. The drive didn't end in anything. But it, I, I just that throw in particular stood out. I don't know. Davis Mills is like, he's fine, which is really good for a third round rookie quarterback playing on this Texans team who didn't like, play a lot in college and injuries. Yeah, and like, yeah, like I do. I think he's an NFL starter. No, but I do think like he's better than a lot of NFL backups already. Yeah, no, that's fair, and he's 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 more fun than a lot of these rookies are. Um, uh, do you just let him start next year? I mean, it's too early to say. Like, I would if I'm the Texans, I'm not using that third overall pick on a quarterback. Nope. Though. Nope. So, and at that point, like, are you gonna realistically find your franchise quarterback in the second round? Like, maybe, but more likely not. Why yeah, not like, what's the point of on... bringing in like Desmond Ritter to compete with Davis Mills? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, because you're most more than likely gonna be hoping to draft a Bryce Young the year yeah. after. So it's like, yeah. why not use that early second-round pick on a, a more impactful long-term player and just ride Davis Mills out to the first pick in a, a quarterback draft that's going to be a lot better. Yeah, and there's holes at every single position in this roster. So Yeah. <laughs> just take best player. Like, literally just take whatever whatever's there at every single yeah. pick. Um, so my rookie of the week is Justin Fields. I didn't have a lot going on in terms of offense this week. And I was just really excited about how he played in that fourth quarter, so I figured I'd give it to him. 
Uh, fair enough. You know who I was excited about, Rob? The upset of the season being led by Amon Ross St. Brown. He's my office rookie of the week. Hey. Had eight catches, 90 yards, a touchdown. Um, kind of getting, getting started. I think the first set of downs he converted with a little stick route. It's nice. And then the very next play, they went like right back to him on an out for five yards. And a little bit later, that he had a carry for five yards. He handed the ball off to him, like just lined up in the backfield, handed the ball off to him for five yards, which was really cool. I want to see them do more of that. Um, and then the touchdown. Uh, it was actually like, you know, like a version of Leak. He got, it was like a, a mini play action. It wasn't that big rollout throwback, but it was like he just ran that dragon up. Uh, the linebacker and safety kind of just picked him up late. Uh, Goff threw it nice, and it was kind of an easy touchdown. He, he looked really good there. Um, other than that, it was a lot like he's just kind of the safety blanket go-to guy. Um, had an 11-yard catch where uh, Marcus Golden would have like stopped him before the sticks, but uh, Brown just hit the brakes, and Golden like laid past him, and Brown just picked up the first. was pretty sweet. Uh, fourth and one, like right before the half, he, he, they lined him up in the backfield again in gun, they did like the motion at the snap where he went the opposite opposite backside and like ran that little you know like flat flare screen thing, uh, picked up the four, first down off that. Uh, not a lot of big plays outside of the touchdown, but just consistent catches. I think he had like eight on eight catches on ten uh, targets. Um, doing it like you know some contested stuff, but nothing special. But just being consistent and being good, and it's so great to see him come on this strong this late in the year. Uh, considering we like we expected this, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, he it felt like a steal the whole way. Yeah. when he fell in the fourth round, and it felt like a really great place for him to make an instant impact. It yeah. was a little bit slow, but now it's here. Yeah, like, I think he's doing it every week. I think the second they took him, we were like, he's the best wide receiver on the roster already, and now he is. So yeah. Um. I'm going to stick with an Ohio State theme here. My defensive rookie of the week is Baron Browning, even though the Bengals won 15-10 against the Broncos. Uh, the defense did enough to win this game. Um, and Baron Browning played 100% of the snaps. He made 10 tackles. But more than that, it was kind of the impact uh, the impact of these tackles. Um, at one point early in the game, and this play really stuck out to me, it, it, the Bengals uh, had a third and four. And they ran a, a quick throw out to Tyler Boyd. And Baron Browning came from the Mike linebacker position to, to um, swallow up Boyd like two yards short of the sticks. And he was just flying everywhere. Um, and it, it, it happened to be on third downs a lot. He, he was all over Joe Mixon. Uh, there was one play where they dumped it off to uh, Samaje Piran in the third quarter. Or in the fourth quarter, it was a third and eight. They uh, P Ryan in the flats, and it it Bear, Browning um Browning came like chased it down, forced a fumble. Broncos recovered, um, and it was just the he he his athletics athleticism is so clear, and he's playing with his hair on fucking fire right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And there's been like it, it's funny because he didn't really have any role until a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, and now he's just all of a sudden become this freak weapon for them. And like he looked good a couple of weeks ago against the Chargers, and you just can't teach that type of athleticism. Uh, at one point, they put him on Jamar Chase, chasing the slot, and and he uh, he like he ran the route with him. It, it was an in breaking route, and uh, easy pass uh, pass deflection for him. He just came down on it, and it 
it's just seeing him do, do those types of things, I think gets you really excited. Um, the Broncos rookie class has been ridiculously yeah. good. I it, it, I it feels like every single draft pick has had at least one like monumental type game. Uh, and a handful of these guys, Pat Sertain obviously is going to be a Pro Bowl guy. But a handful of these guys are going to be like long-term starters. And Baron Browning is really starting to look like maybe more than a long-term starter. Maybe a maybe a Pro Bowl linebacker one day. Yeah, they just got to find a quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah, poor Teddy. I know, it really sucks. Um, don't worry, Elway will 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 come back and find one for him. He's, he's give him one uh, more kick of the can, Rob. I'm going to stick at the linebacker position for my defensive rookie of the week. Stick in the AFC West and give it to Nick Bolton, who I thought was pretty awesome in Thursday Night Football. Um, I didn't have like I didn't think he was an absolute stud. I had a couple guys I could have gave it to, and all kind of around the same. And I ended up giving the nod to Bolton, who who had a pretty good stat line: 14 tackles, I think 10 solo, uh, three, three pass uh, p- uh, PPUs, and a quarterback hit. And I thought like the first play, uh, the first drive where you just separated Mike Williams from the ball at the goal line. I thought that was an awesome play. Just put the like, just put the hit right on his uh, on his arm there. Actually injured Williams too. Um, then later he had that the tip ball leading to the interception. We just you know he blitzed, kind of timed it well. Like it, it was it was smart. Like he, he kept his head up head up and just didn't you know go go right into Mahomes. He kind of uh, into <laughs> into Mahomes into Herbie. Um, and then you know put his hand up and uh, tipped it and. Uh, and another chief got, got came down with it. Uh, I thought that was a great play. And then third and one, um, he had another one where he was just kind of like the first man on a TFL where he just shot between the gap and kind of got the, I think it was Kelly by the legs. Um, I thought that was a nice play. Then he had that really, really, really nice PPU, which is really promising. I don't, like, I thought he had his, you know, had some troubles in coverage at times, but this one was a great play on fourth down um, on Cook. Just kind of got his left arm in there on the, on the little out. And did a great job breaking that up, and that was a huge stop. And then uh, late, he had that pressure on Herbie in the red zone, and Herbie kind of just <laughs> just stiff armed him. And like, it would have been nice to see see Bolton kind of kind of finish, but Herbert just played longer than him and just kind of like kept him at arm's length and got the throw away. Uh, but just that play was the, the very next play they fumbled. So like, without him doing that, who knows? Um, so I thought overall just a great game for Bolton, and he's had his ups and downs this year, but. With this Chiefs defense coming on, I think his him, you know, early in the year, I just kind of I liked him because he he felt like the energy, and that Chiefs defense had no energy, and now the Chiefs defense is is a really good unit, and it kind of always is that way with Spags. He just kind of takes a little while for the for the defense to come in, and I think his energy early in the season is kind of a part of that, and he's still keeping that going. It's funny because I feel like um, may, pe- people react heavily to what happens early in the season. And that kind of creates a narrative that can last throughout the season. Yep. And the Chiefs' defense was bad. The Chiefs' defense was bad. Yep. The Chiefs' defense has been good in recent weeks for a handful of weeks. And you're really starting to see continuity. And like we just said about Spags, like Spags is kind of always figures it out. But people act like that Chiefs' defense is still struggling. Yeah, Herbert was awesome against them. Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But that defense stepped up when it needed to. And I, I think that that um, Nick Bolton, Mike Williams play you mentioned in particular was like one of those key key plays of the season. That maybe if the Chiefs go back go win the Super Bowl, like that's one of those plays that's gonna have mattered so much in the long run. 
Yeah, I don't know if like anyone that has a legit offense and going into the playoffs. I don't know if any any team like that has a better defense than the Chiefs right now. Pittsburgh Steelers. I said what, the worst run. With, with well, the worst run yeah. yeah, yeah. The worst <laughs> run defense, the worst run offense, but baby, we're winning. Uh, <laughs> speaking of worst, my worst rookie is Christian Darsaw, who I thought was awful against the Bears. Robert Quinn schooled his ass. Robert Quinn set the – or is going to set or did set. I can't remember. The Bears franchise record in sacks. The fact that Robert Quinn is still as good, right? Robert Quinn had like three down years, and that was amazing again. Yeah. Without Khalil Mack. And he took Darius out of school. He was just speed depowering him throughout that game, throwing him. Kirk was Kirk didn't know what to do. Kirk Cousins had one of the worst games of his career. They still won 17-9. Uh, and he had a false start. I don't know. I just I think Christian Darius had a very ugly season. I uh, I put the the rookie tackles in that game. I, I put him yeah, in seven so seconds. I I I, I was uh, I figured you'd you'd be on, kind of on the same page with these two as me. I, I put Tevin Jenkins for looks like a miss. I had him there last week. I actually originally this week I had him for like just not ready to play. Like, yeah, well, like it's hard to call him. Like it's his second game and he's yeah. been injured, but it just makes that move with Charles Leno the Bears made seem yeah. so fucking stupid. Uh, and in this game, Tevin Jenkins got called a hold, a false start in the unnecessary roughness, though I kind of respect that, yes. against the Vikings. But, but last week, like you mentioned, he had two holds and two false starts against the Packers. Um, the, the, this this Vikings defense is without Danielle Hunter, but like fucking DJ Wanham's giving him hell. Yeah, Wanham, Wanham kind of. I thought he did look better, like actually playing. Like he had, he had some solid pass pro reps. There was some movement in the run game, but yeah, the. Uh, yeah, I think with them both in particular, what stood out was balance, mm-hmm. and I think that's what stood out so much positively about Rashawn Slater. Yeah, is balance, and these guys just the anchor. When the anchor and the balance aren't there, they can get really pushed back in pass protection. Two guys that didn't get a real off season, which kind of hurts, and I think yeah. I think that's yeah. that's a reason now. But like, obviously Jenkins just got thrown into action last week, and. He's had seven penalties in seven quarters, and that like um, he like already almost leads the Bears in penalties. I think he's one more, and he leads the Bears. It killed me seeing Jermaine Effetti trying to give him shit for uh, for for that call. Like Fetty's so done funny. that so many times in his career. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that the false start was on a third and one too. That was pretty crucial. And like, yeah, the, it, it was the first play of the game. He had to hold on, so it was pretty pretty hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, for both uh-huh. of them, really, just not not promising. Uh, my primetime stars, I, I, I put two. I put Joe Trion, uh, Shrienka against the Saints and Thomas Graham Jr. against the Vikings. I put Thomas Graham. I thought he just it deserved it on his own. Yeah, he went from not playing a single snap this year to starting the game for the Bears yeah. and handling business uh, against Justin Jefferson at times. Yeah. Multiple pass breakups. Just I thought he just played like really feisty and physical. Yeah, like the the PBUs were like he had seven tackles too. Uh, had that that deep one on Amir Smith Marset. Uh, that was a really really nice PBU. And then the awesome just like high point full extension deflection, uh, reaching up. I think it was going to JJ too. Uh, you know, Cousins trying to layer it over him, and he kind of just batted that down. That was great. Kind of saved a touchdown too. Um, yeah, he was so good. He was so good. Um, that's really With, cool uh, to see him just like, tossed in like that and balling. Yeah, no, I hope uh, that that earns him a, a role going forward. Um, Especially, Jaylen yeah, the secondary's been bad, too, uh, outside of... Uh, like, Jalen Johnson's been okay, but outside of 
Him, not much. Yeah, I hope so too. Sorry. Trion Shuyinka, I thought, just made splashy play after splashy play against the Saints. It was a defensive battle, and he had, like, the chase down sack. He shot, uh, shot a gap at one point for a huge TFL. And just being able to implement that type of fresh legs mm-hmm. um, behind your, your strong front seven already, uh, a guy who just is so long and athletic, uh, I think that's going to be really important as the Bucks, uh make their playoff push. Yeah, he, he had a bunch of uh, bunch of pressures in this game. No, I think that's fair. I mean, who knows what the future of this Bucks looks like? I mean, losing Lenny um, for a stretch now, at least, and Godwin done for the year really fucking hurts. And this defense is going to need the ball. I think so. I, I don't think they're going to yeah. be winning games on the on Tom Brady's arm. My underwhelming performance is Jamar Chase, who now this is not necessarily about him. He got four targets, had one catch for three yards, played 96% of the snaps against the Broncos. The Broncos' defense played awesome. This is more of Zach Taylor needs to fucking figure out how to make scheme Jamar Chase open and scheme him touches and and let him make plays. Because I was thinking about this. The 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 Packers have like not a whole lot going on offensively outside of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is constantly running open. And I don't think LaFleur gets enough credit for play designs that get Devontae Adams that open. And there are just, I mean, you go back to Sark with Alabama last year and his his way of scheming Devonta Smith open constantly. Great play callers can get their great players the ball despite the amount of heavy coverage they're seeing. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is just, it, it feels like he either has a big game or if the defense is really keying in on him, he does not a whole lot. Um, it, he, I mean, he hasn't had 100 yards since the 200-yard game against the Ravens in Week 7. Uh, and it's it just... I know last week against the 49ers he played quite well. But it, I think this is more to do Zach Taylor than Jamar Chase. Especially when you, can, you have playmakers like Tyler yeah. Borden, like T. Higgins, who are good enough to attract coverages themselves. I was about to say that. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Zach Taylor has it. I know the Bengals are in playoff position. They're 8-6. and six. Joe Burrows uh, look quite good. Jamar Chase is awesome. I just don't think Zach Taylor's the guy. Like, I think and like Joe Mixon's having a great year. Like, they're, They have so many playmakers, and I, just, I still come away watching these Bengals games thinking that Zach Taylor ain't in it. I agree with you. And, yeah, like, like that was the point I was going to raise. You know, Devontae Adams... Uh, outside of him, it's it's you know MVS and Lazard. Like it's it's guys you don't have to worry about. Of course, they come up and have their big plays, but it's usually Rogers making a great throw. Um, we're here. If you take away Jamar Chase, that should not be the death of this offense. It's you know they got T Higgins, they got Boyd, they got Mixon. Like there's a, there's a lot of other options on this offense. So no, I totally agree. Zach Taylor has not proved anything to me personally this year. Regardless uh, of the wins. Got- uh, someone who I love dearly but just didn't really show up on Saturday, Ramondre Stevenson, who got 10 carries. It was kind of like, you know, was the lead back this week and only got 36 yards off that. The Colts did just such a good job of bottling him up. Um, even then, like, usually, you know, when he's not getting big yards, he's we see him, like, making dudes miss. It didn't feel that much. This felt like his, his worst performance of the, of the year. Uh, only had one catch for four yards. Really just wanted to see him shine. I thought, like, you know, of course it kind of hurt that they got behind, but... I think like him and him versus Jonathan Taylor, kind of like, <laughs> like dueling it out would have been a hell of a lot of fun, and just sticking with him and letting letting you know Mac uh, work off of that. I, I know they got behind, but like 
I don't know if he did more early and then just kind of broke a little bit more tackle, like like he usually does. It just, I don't know. I was just hoping for more. Um, it looks like it hit his pulse in a Debo. Okay, lay it on me. He he he's had a, uh, some up and down games this year. He looked really good against Tampa. I know Tampa lost Godwin. They lost Mike Evans. They were playing without Antonio Brown. They 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 were marching out um, Scotty Miller, uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, the goat, yeah. What's your point? J- Jalen Darden, who I think played like fifty percent of the snaps. Yeah. Um, but Adebo just looks re- like he belongs on this really talented Saints defense that's played really good football, and Saints defense as a whole is carrying them right now, like a nine nothing win against Tom the Goat Brady. Uh, but Adebo is just calm and confident on the outside. He's long. He's physical. He he uh, he battles through contested catches. He had a nice pass breakup. Um, he's not playing as much as he had previously, but he's become a really important piece to that defense. Yeah, no, that that's fair. And actually, I'm going to go with another rookie corner who is more of a hit for the Green Bay Packers than it is for me. I had him 40th on my board. That was a first-round pick, of course. Eric Stokes, um, who, funny enough, like he gave up seven catches on nine targets, okay? So like there you're like, okay, that sounds like a bad game. It was only for 28 yards, and it was a lot of Hollywood. So like him like being you know a, a you know a bigger guy on Hollywood seems like it'd be a, mi- a bit of a mismatch but um he was not giving up anything like there he was getting his catches like Hollywood ended up with like ten catches for forty three yards so there was I think like six or seven six of those came against Stokes but like he was just not giving up anything there was no big plays and when when Hollywood made the grab he was making the stop quick which I thought was really impressive he had seven tackles um. One highlight play for him, really nice PBU covering Hollywood on a whip route. That's a tough assignment. He just kind of sat on it, on it patiently, let Hollywood kind of do his thing, and then broke on the ball and broke it up. I thought it was really, really impressive. And um, also, the two point conversion to win it at the end. He was he didn't get his well, I guess he did, but he wasn't really the one that made the play on the PBU on Mark Andrews. But still, he was right there on Andrews. Uh, you know, was you know finished through the play. Um, was impressive, and he, if he like he's stacking pretty good games together, and I think if he keeps progressing like this, uh, he and Jair Alexander are gonna be a scary duo. Uh, my looks like a miss was Tevin Jenkins. Who do you have? Uh, D. Askridge, D. Askridge, a sad one for me because obviously a Seahawks fan. No catches, four targets, just really doing nothing out there, man. Um, the highlight was kind of like he had one deep ball, fifty-fifty. Russ sucked, by the way. Um, was a really tough grab. Like it was deep, fifty-fifty grab. Uh, he couldn't make it. Almost did. Just couldn't break it down. And I don't know. Seattle's doing a really bad job of everything, but they're doing a really bad job of designing anything to Eskridge, which really, really sucks. So it's almost more on Seattle. But when he's giving the targets, he's not doing anything either. And this is back-to-back weeks where he's done fuck all. And obviously, he missed most of the start of the year. It just, just sucks. I want to see him catch on it is pretty lame especially with 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 Tyler Lockett out they needed him in a close game that was stolen away from them but yeah <laughs> as much as we'd love to see Dave Clawson eat turf <laughs> Wake has looked strong in previous matchups that's the ACC championship and with Marshall or Illinois taking this fight on short notice all the odds are in Wake's favor back the Kloss man to win this rematch and he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. 
Head to MyBookie today to place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with the Demon Deacons and the Thundering Herd and or Illini. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And don't forget about Spotify Greenroom, the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news share your own experiences on the app all you need to do is download the spotify greenroom app free in the ios app store create a profile link your twitter and join the group follow your favorite people to be notified when they go live and come with your spiciest takes okay aj i'm gonna i'm gonna go pretty fast this back half here because i want to watch the armed forces bowl i want to watch the triple option offense uh needs to step it up uh, I got Kendrick Green and Najee Harris, who... Every week I think you have them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harris had 12 carries for 18 yards, two catches for eight yards, played every single snap against the Titans. Uh, Kendrick Green just, again, I don't think he's the guy at center. That sucks. I want to see him, like we talked about last week, move to guard. Uh, I'm going to stick in the NFC West at wide receiver. Rondell Moore has like almost disappeared since he had that amazing stretch run to start the year. Three catches for nine yards against the Lions. Best secondary in the league. Had a carry for one yard. Actually had a nice punt return, but they need more from him um, to, to to get things going, especially with Nuke out. Um, Kentucky's power forward finished with 28 rebounds. <laughs> I saw. I, I watched the whole game, baby. <laughs> that, that's the guy I loved in their first game where they got like demolished by Duke, but he was sick. <laughs> I'm, glad uh, he, I'm glad he got the game on, by the way. Yeah. Not, not not ready to play. Racy McMath, who played 20, 28% of the snaps against... I was, I was fucking looking, okay? 28% of the snaps against the Steelers have one catch for a fumble. Sick. Good work, Racy. Um, mine... Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it a little, a little bit longer, not just a quick one. Ambry Thomas, because I think he's interesting. They, were, they just kept going at Ambry Thomas so, so much, the Atlanta Falcons, that is. And it was a lot of Kyle Pitts. I'm giving you two for one rookies here. It was a lot of Kyle Pitts on him, and or he was on Kyle Pitts a lot. And Pitts was just too big and fast and strong for him. Uh, Pitts had one where he just just got over the shoulder snag, where Thomas was kind of in trail position, wasn't too far behind. And then like Pitts almost had like catch of the year against him, where Thomas had like an easy interception deep down the field, and Pitts just ripped away from Thomas while falling out of bounds. I thought it was a catch. It, it felt like he had glue on his hands. It was ruled incomplete, but it was crazy. Thomas dropped another interception. He also got mossed by Russell Gage for a touchdown. He was in good position, like as one who gets mossed often is, but Gage got over him and brought it down. And I think Thomas was in good spots a lot. He just got to find the ball better and make plays when he does. So that's why he wasn't my worst rookie because he like he was kind of there. But I don't know. He like I think he got like he. Well, I, I think I had him in a negative spot yeah, last week or the you week did. before. Right? Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
Best day three rookie, I'll give you two defensive linemen. Uh, Jonathan Cooper for the Broncos. Again, yeah. he's just always around the football, and he's playing so hard right now. I really love what I'm seeing from him. And uh, I thought Teron Jackson played pretty well last night um, in his snaps against Washington football team. Looked good as a run defender. That's a cool one. I, I kind of like – I thought in glimpses, Jackson's looked good as like a rotational dude. Um, also, also yeah. sorry, Evan McPherson has a chance to be one of the best kickers in the NFL. McPherson's been really good. Yeah, he's awesome. That's a miss for for me. Um, best day three rookie. He was almost my defensive rookie of the week. Uh, I think I had him in a positive spot last week. It's Brandon Eichels again for the Jets. Uh, gave up one catch, so that's back to back good games for. And last week he was just solid. I'm like, I like what I see from him. This week was impactful. Um, had a nice PBU, making up kind of just making up ground on like uh, Albert Wilson deep throw, like just kind of caught up from behind and bro- uh, broke it up. Had a really nice, just tough PBU going through Devontae Parker on a little short pass. And then had a uh, had his pick six, where he just sat on the route, just a little hook to one of the tight ends. I don't, there's too many white tight ends there. Uh, <laughs> he jumped it and housed it. Pick six. Great game from Brandon Eichels. And him and Bryce Hall are playing well now. Um, yeah, I saw that pick six. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was great. It was cool to see Eichels do this, yeah. Uh, best undrafted rookies. Naquan Jones for the Titans is like a legit NFL nose tackle now. That's cool. He played 63% of the snaps against the Steelers, and he was the one uh, making noise against Kendrick Green. He had a sack, too. He just eats up space, and he does a really good job manning the middle for them. Um, My guy, back-to-back-to-back weeks, I think. Jake Hahn again, getting the start of right tackle, putting dudes in the dirt, uh, getting consistent move in the run game. Uh, locked down Von Miller quite a lot. I know Von's not what he used to be, but still, it's still pretty good for an undrafted rookie. Um, it just looked solid in pass pro. You felt his strength was not perfect, gave up pressures, but regardless, um, undrafted rookie playing has played both guard and tackle recent weeks. I think that's really promising. I'm going to give you two more shout-outs. Raymond Johnson on the Giants' D-line played 11 snaps against the Cowboys. It's an undrafted rookie, baby. And Jared Patterson ran for a touchdown. Oh, I actually didn't know that. That's sick. Uh, rookies who flashed, I'll give you a couple. Yep. John Bates had a 29-yard catch. <laughs> Amir Smith-Marset caught his first NFL yep. touchdown. Which was a cool design. Uh, now three like actual ones. Quincy Roche and Aziz Ojolari, I thought, played quite well against the Cowboys. They combined for eight tackles and a sack. Uh, Pat Sertain was awesome against the Bengals. Then Tyson Campbell yep. broke up two passes, had the pick. I know it was the Texans, but he's becoming a very good young NFL corner. Yeah, yep, I agree. Uh, I'll give you three. I'll give you Kyle Pitts because I already brought him up. Had 77 yards, four catches. Was good. The Falcons just suck. Um, two more. I thought Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa didn't have a great game, but he had a flashy game. And like, Yeah, I agree. He, he had the strip sack. I think he only got credit for half a sack, but it was really him making that play. And uh, he had another pressure. And him like just coming forward, He, he I think he had like four pressure, uh, rushes. He looked good there. Was kind of iffy in coverage, which is not good to see from him. And a couple missed tackles. But other than that, I thought just him blitzing was fun. And a quick shout-out, Liam Eichenberg, only gave up one pressure, is kind of getting his shit together. So I got to I gotta give some credit there. Um, my out-of-nowhere rookie is Quinton Bohannon, the Cowboys' nose tackle, who only played 27% of the snaps, but he's clogging up the middle against the Giants. Uh, I didn't re- – I mean, I gave you like – I think like Thomas Graham was the true out-of-nowhere rookie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't have any. It was your start the ruck. Dylan Raidens. Okay, that's a good the, one. The, the, the Titans, um, 
I don't know. They they just like they couldn't. They ran the ball pretty well, but the Steelers cannot stop the run. But they could not handle the pass rush. Derek Tuszaka, I can't even say his last name, who normally stinks, had a big strip sack. Um, I don't know. I want to see Dylan Reigns play more. He's played 22 snaps in week 7, 19 in week 8, 5 in week 9, 7 in week 12. Yeah, and like it felt like he would be a guy who could potentially be starting at right tackle by midway point of the season, and he just doesn't play. Yeah, I think he's looked a little rough, but I definitely want to see Yeah, I remember he did I remember you saying in week seven those snaps he didn't look all that great. Yeah. You know who I want to see more and has looked good? And I, it's kind of hard now to say because the defense had a great game. I want to see more Pete Warner. I want to see him play more. And I know. He's been good, and it's hard to blame the Saints. Of course, they just shout out Tom Brady. So, like, it's hard to give them shit. But, like, I really just want to see more of him because he's been good. That's, that's mine. Uh, Missouri is starting a guy who has – played 50 games at Missouri and is making his first start tonight. He's playing running back, and he's a white guy. And I just that, thought that was of note. That's like peak Mizzou. I love that. 